Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Uh, once again, thanks for welcoming us back. Uh, I walk, I came by the church yesterday and uh, my key still fit the front door. So that was amazing. Uh, my code still turned off the alarm, and I walked in, and I don't know if y'all noticed, did y'all know that they remodeled my office while I was gone? It looks amazing. If you've never been to my office before, you should go today. It's unlocked. It just, it's just phenomenal. Um, people have just welcomed us back. It's been amazing. I want to say thanks to Addison, Danetta, and Kelly, and Crystal, and Dave, and everyone who did whatever they did to make things happen while I was gone. Uh, it was fantastic. And uh, just, uh, it has really been a time away. Seriously, I think I took, I think I received three phone calls in the last five weeks about church stuff. And, uh, and so it was really a time of unplugging and getting away. And I just want to thank you as a church, thank our board for giving us this time together. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends are pastors. And I've had multiple pastors who found out what you guys were doing with us. And several of them, holding back tears like I am now, said that is awesome because they are in desperate need of refreshing themselves. So I just want to say thank you for, uh, for loving us well. Thank you for loving us well the last six weeks. So, you may not want it, but I feel like I need to kind of give you an uh, update on where you are, or where we've been, and what we've done. And so, for a little bit of context, when we left town on Mother's Day, uh, we left for, uh, we're supposed to be leaving for uh, five weeks. We didn't, you know, life, life happened, so we weren't really gone five weeks. But uh, our plan was to spend a month in our travel trailer. And so there's a picture of our rig right there. That was the, that's on Mother's Day. That's after service. That's right before we took off. Now I know some of you, if you uh, were told you had to spend four weeks in a travel trailer, you would just say, I'm out. That is not vacation for me. But if you really want to get to know your family, uh, go rent you one. It's a great way. It's a great way to do it. And so that was, uh, that was just minutes before we left. And uh, so we left here on Mother's Day. We didn't want a big drive day on that Sunday after Megan uh, just didn't Megan like if you remember it don't, didn't she like hit the ball out of the park on Mother's Day man it was fabulous and so after she had worked so hard uh, I didn't do anything that day but after she worked so hard we decided not to go too far we went to uh, to Lake Chico which is in southwest southeast Arkansas just to spend the night we had no agenda we were just gonna blow in set up not even unhook from our camper just just park eat get up in the morning and drive the rest of the way and so I took the girls uh, on a little walk, we were just going to walk around the campground while Megan got some supper together, and we walked down to the the dock they have there at the state park, and uh, we were just walking around. No one was in sight except for this one park ranger, and he said, uh, he pulled up in this huge pontoon boat, and he said, hey, are you guys here for the late cruise? Well, we were like, maybe, <laughs> yeah, uh, and so uh, so we, anyway, long story short, within, within 15 minutes of us landing, uh, or pulling in the driveway there, we, we got on this pontoon boat that will hold probably 30 people, and it was just us and one other couple, and you know where that couple would happen to be from, right? They were from Cabot, but, uh, 
But uh, we, we, just, it, we just had a great night, an hour and a half, of like a private boat tour. And it's like God just kind of smiled on us. We we're talking about God moments this morning. It was sort of a God moment. God just said, no, no, your trip starts today. And uh, God just smiled on us. And then uh, the next day we got up and we started driving. And we thought the eight-hour drive would be eight hours. But uh, with two girls and a travel trailer, the eight-hour trip turned into a 12-hour trip. And I promised the girls that when we got there, we can go to the beach today. We, don't have to, we can go today, girls. And so we get there. It's dark. And we go to the beach. And we gave our girls this instruction. We're just here to look. We're not going to get wet. Yeah, you know how that worked out. Uh, we got wet, we got sandy, and uh, another God moment, just watching our kids. Amazing. And so we were there for, uh, for eight days, and then we got up on the eighth day and got in the truck and drove uh, another 12 or 14 hours to Mickey's house, and we spent 10 days at Mickey's house and uh, just hanging out. We spent five days in the park, five days just hanging around at, the, uh, at the, uh, the resort there, just having a great time. And then we got back in the rig and went back to a little place you may have heard of. It's called Mexico City Beach. It got devastated by a hurricane a few years ago. But just, I mean, it's just a little bitty spot just, just uh, east of Panama City, uh, just right on the beach. I mean, we could look out the window of our trailer and see the gulf on one side and look out the back window of our trailer and see the bayou. It was just a little strip of land. And it was just uh, fabulous. We had a great time there. And uh, on our second day there, uh, I had a family member, a cousin. If you want to show that next picture, I've got a cousin. And these pictures, people in these pictures, these are my uh, closest relatives. Uh, the, lady, uh, the lady in the center uh, holding my girl's hands, She's, uh, my mother was the youngest of eight brothers and sisters, and this is the, my last remaining aunt. She was the only one there, but she's not just my aunt. She lived down the street from us as a kid. She was my, she was my children's pastor. Um, the girl in the far right in the flowery shirt, that's my cousin Brenda, and the green shirt, that's my cousin Debbie. Uh, Brenda and her husband are worship pastors at a large church in Dallas. Debbie and her husband uh, pastor church in the Dallas area. Uh, their sons are worship leaders. Basically, every one of that picture is in full-time ministry, and uh, on, our, on our second day, in uh, Panama, uh, Brenda texted me. She said, hey, I hope you guys are having a wonderful time in Disney. And I said, well, we did have a wonderful time, but we're actually in Panama City right now. She said, really? So are we. And so uh, this family, that they all live in Dallas. We see each other about once or twice a year, max. Uh, we just got to spend the whole day together. God, God moment. God moment. Just such a refreshing day. And uh, <laughs> went home from, I went back to the camper from that. Spent the night about 2 a.m. I woke up and I was looking for an ER. I was like, I, I am so sick. I got to find an ER. I'm going to die. And uh, come to find out a few hours later, my girls woke up. They, we had somehow along the road, we had caught COVID and the flu. And so we got up at 6 a.m. and I told Megan there. And uh, Megan learned how to drive my truck pulling a 35-foot camper overnight. And we're here. And so I'm looking for a bumper sticker that says, my wife can pull an RV, how about yours? Um, I haven't found it yet, but uh, that's what I'm looking for. So, but, but nonetheless, we came home, uh, got drugged up from the doctor, and, um, you know, the last week we've been good. And so uh, have no fear when you talk to me. The doctor tells me I'm like 
super vaccinated because I've actually had the sickness and I'm over it. And so I, don't, I think you can talk to me without being fair, afraid of catching something because that was over, you know, over a week or 10 days ago. But anyway, we're so glad to, uh, to be home. If you have a great memory, you might remember that before I left, I felt like the Lord had given me a divine inspired word to share today. And I want to get right into that. And I'll just warn you, this is a little bit different. Like the Lord's kind of pointing me this way this morning. And um, so anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8 says this, and God is able to make all grace, this is from the Amplified Version, it kind of defines grace for us there, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you, so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work and every act of charity. Father, we love you. We just thank you for this time together, and I pray that today you would just use me as your servant to preach the word of God and the word of God alone. I want our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear what the Holy Spirit would want to say to us, and we'll give you thanks and praise for it. May the room say amen. A few things I want to point out to you real quickly from Scripture. Number one, um, God is able to make us abound. He's able to allow us to have favor and blessing and sufficiency. The Word says, in all circumstances, on all occasions, regardless of the need, no matter what it is, God, he, His grace allows us to have all we need in all circumstances. I know that we live in a time right now where our economy is shaking. There's a lot of fear factor going on in the world today. But can I tell you today, the economy of heaven is different than the economy of this earth. Amen? Our foundation is not based upon the foundations of our government, though I'm thankful for our nation. Our foundation is based upon the economy and the government of heaven. Can I tell you, the government of heaven is well intact today. They're not dealing with inflation. They're not dealing with, with any kind of attack on every side. Friends, our God is in control today. It says the grace of God gives us all we need, no matter the circumstance. Matter of fact, I want to read verse 8 to you again. It says this, He is able to make all grace come in abundance to you. Now, grace defined by my Sunday school teacher was simply the unmerited favor of God. It means that we don't earn it. It's just God's grace. You know, this... Uh, this place we stayed at, you could, uh, you could buy this special drink, special cup on your first day. And that was like 20 bucks for this cup. But the whole time you're there, you can go to any drink machine around the resort and get free refills. Can I tell you, God's grace isn't something you can buy. But you can position yourself to receive more and more of it. Right? You can't earn your way. You can't earn God's grace. You can't earn it by coming to church. You can't earn it by praying more. You can't earn it by reading the word more. You can't earn it by serving more or giving more. But I can tell you this. When you do serve, when you do give, when you do read, when you do pray, when you do come to the house of the Lord, what you're doing is you're putting your vessel under what God says, I will fill and I will overflow and I will sustain you. When you put your vessel under his refill station, he flows grace in your life. So, I was, sitting in a, I was sitting in a very not spiritual place 
Uh, I was in Panera Bread Company right before we left, and I was kind of arguing with God uh, about us leaving. I mean, you have to understand the way I'm wired. I have not missed two weeks of preaching. The last time I missed two weeks of preaching in a row was in 1997. And that's only because I was part-time, and they wouldn't let me preach more than two weeks in a row. Uh, but so it's not in my DNA just to, to go missing for five or six weeks. And I was arguing with the Lord about it as I was sitting there drinking my coffee and eating my non-fat chocolate chip cookie. Um, I was arguing with the Lord, asking him, is it really wise for me to disappear for that long? And the Lord kind of gave me a word that I'm going to use very carefully I don't know if you call it a vision or a picture or what. But the Lord just showed me a picture of this. Exactly this. An orange Home Depot bucket. And the minute the Lord showed me a picture of this bucket, immediately I thought I knew exactly in everything he was saying to me because I have preached from an orange Home Depot bucket multiple times, especially when I was youth pastor and I would preach over and over again about how each of us have, did you know you have a spiritual bucket? Right? All of us in this room, we are, we are spiritual vessels that are going to house something. We're either going to house the grace of God or we're going to house the spirit of this world or even worse than that, the spirit of the Antichrist. All of us in this room, I know I'm jumping in the deep end of the pools this morning, but but all of us are going to house something in our life. And then when the minute the Lord showed me this bucket when I was sitting in that booth by myself, I began to immediately think, yeah, God, I understand what you're saying. You're saying that that you have filling. I'm going to talk about three graces today. And I said, Lord, you're telling me that you have a filling grace for me. You're telling me that, that perhaps if I'll get away for a day or two or a week or two, that you're going to fill me up. Because honestly, I'd had a day or two where I didn't really feel very full. I don't want to tell you a few things about God's filling grace. Number one, God does desire. Please hear me, every person in the room and those watching online. God desires your life to be full of his grace. He desires you. John 10, 10 says that he came that you can have life and life to the full. I like the way the amplified version says. It doesn't just say he wants you full. It says to the point of overflowing. And I'll just tell you this morning, if your life is not to the full, to where it's actually overflowing with the grace of God, I came with good news this morning. He has more for you. He wants you to live a life that is full and overflowing with the grace of God, that when someone bumps into you, they don't get you, they get him. That's the grace of God he wants in us. Psalm 16 says, in his presence is emptiness. No, no. In his presence is fullness. God wants us to be full. So I call this filling grace because he wants us to be full. And the second thing about this filling grace is this. Many of you know this. You cannot operate very long on a spiritual deficit. There's a scripture in Acts chapter 19 where some Jewish exorcist had seen Paul pray for people 
and the demonic spirits and the issue of their life would flee. And they thought, that is wonderful, that is cool, that, that I would like to do that. And so they began to do what Paul was doing. And they would even pray, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, we cast out these demons. And you know, many of you know the story in Acts chapter 19. They got spiritually and physically embarrassed. The demons actually spoke to them and said, hey, Paul, we know in Jesus we know, but who are you? And those that they were praying for actually turned on them and beat them so bad they left the room naked because they had been torn to shreds. And every time I've read that scripture in, in my life, I've always had this warning in my spirit that says, warning, you better be the real deal if you're going to serve God. There's no room in the body of Christ for spiritual impostures. At some point, you're going to be found out, but let's just be honest. Have you ever felt like a spiritual imposter? Have you ever felt like you're doing the right thing, but I'm not sure if I really have the right thing in me? We've all been there. And so as the Lord shows me this bucket, I'm, I'm, I'm reminding myself, okay, God, I got it. You want me to live a full life. And God, you want me to be the full deal. And you want me to... Don't fake it till I make it. You want to make sure that I'm being who you've called me to be. And then it reminds me that, and like I said, this is, this is a message I've preached many times about a bucket before, is that he reminded me that, that what goes in, what? What comes out, right? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But here's what I've discovered. Your mouth is like, your mouth is, is the worst case scenario. Right? By the time it comes out of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart, your brain's been operating the wrong way for several weeks. And by the time you finally vocalize what's been going on in your heart and your brain, you've been feeding yourself the wrong thing for a long time. Our mouth is like, by the time it comes out of our mouth, this is a delayed reaction. That, that mouth is just evidence of what's been in our hearts for weeks or months. And so we have to evaluate what's going in to our life because that's what's going to come out. And, and I'll be honest, I haven't, I haven't cussed anybody out the last year. But there has been a thought or two that had to be addressed. Does anyone in the room admit with me today? God, I just need a fresh filling of the grace of God. So I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, okay, God, I hear you. You're telling me I need a fresh filling of your grace. And so, God, I repent of, of any phoniness. I, I repent of any, any self-sufficiency outside of you instead of self-sufficiency in you. I'm sitting there, I'm saying, God, I get it. Many of you just raise your hand saying, yeah, God, I get it. And the moment I'm repenting and saying, God, I get it, he shows me a second picture, and he speaks to me as clearly as I'm speaking to you right now. And he says, no, you don't get it. I said, well, God, what do I not get? He said, what you don't get is that's not even your bucket. He said, that's my bucket. This is your bucket. 
Your bucket is busted, broke, injured, and couldn't hold two ounces of my grace if I wasn't around you, surrounding you, and enabling you to do what it is you're doing for me. See, the Bible says, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. And God just began to show me, and he told me, he said, Greg, every one of those holes in that bucket is a disappointment, it's a failure, it's a, it's a letdown, it's a betrayal. And the only reason you've done anything for me is not because of your great, I'm not sure if this is a word, stick to of this. You got that? It's not because of your because of your determination. It's because I have been wrapping you in my grace, and my grace is all that's allowed you to sustain anything you have for me. And if you've ever had a season, have you ever had a season where you wondered, God, how did I just get through what I went through? If you ever had a season where you wondered, how did I get through what I just went through? then you have experienced the second kind of grace this morning, sustaining grace. There's a poem that came out decades ago, and it's so old, I'm going to read it to you because it might be new to somebody. It's called Footprints in the Sand, and I'm just reading it to you because it's a perfect picture of sustaining grace. And it's on the screen for you. It says, one night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord across the dark Sky flash, scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one belonging to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that many times along the path of life, especially in the lowest and the saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd never walk, or you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed during the saddest and most troubling times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you the most, you would leave me. And he whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you, never, ever. During your trials and testing, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. That's a picture of sustaining grace. The Apostle Paul said that he prayed to the Lord in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I prayed three times for the Lord to remove one of those thorns from my life. And the Lord didn't remove it, did he? He said, no, no, no. My grace is sufficient for you. He gave Paul sustaining grace. And the minute the Lord spoke to me, am I weirding anyone out? I know this isn't how I normally preach, normally preach or share, but, but the, Lord, the, the moment the Lord showed me my bucket, I had three distinct thoughts. The first one was massive gratitude, right? Massive gratitude. That God enabled me to function in the shape I'm in. Aren't you glad God enables you to function in the shape you're in? Amen. I was just so grateful. God, thank you for allowing me to function even though I'm busted and disgusted and just good for nothing. God, thanks. 
But my second reaction was one of confidence. And wow, God, if you can use me in this condition, you can use me in any condition. As a matter of fact, maybe this should be more like a symbol of pride. Look what I've been through. And God's still using me. Look look what I've survived. Man, I can face whatever. I can go home and take on hell with a water pistol now. I mean, look, what can the devil do to me? Confidence. But then the unexpected thing. The third thing the Lord told me. He says, yeah, but Greg, you have to understand. Unaddressed injuries. That's what the Lord told me this was all about. Unaddressed injuries become liabilities to our life. See, we all have we all have this personal theology that differs from person to person. One of my strong personal beliefs is that no matter what you do, just like Paul received sustaining grace from God, no matter how bad you're injured. Just keep serving God. Just keep doing the right thing. If you just keep doing the right thing, you will find that the, the grace of God will flow into your life in moments you thought was impossible. He'll enable you to do things and get through things you would never get on, through on your own. And I still believe that. But here's what the Lord told me. Yes, I will sustain you. Yes, I will get you through that. But did you know the same, same grace that sustains us? is the same grace of God that can heal us. The Lord revealed to me that it has been a long time since I asked God to heal me of my hurts. Instead, all I've been doing is just saying, God, just get me through my hurts. And if you... Well, Pastor, what's wrong with that? Because the more hurts you get that are unaddressed, the weaker this vessel becomes. See, when I was a kid... I didn't have a stepladder, so I'd just use one of these babies. Anybody ever use a five-gallon bucket and a stepladder? Eventually, if I just keep getting injured without addressing it, this is going to cave in when used to it wouldn't cave in. Too many believers today are caving into things that they normally wouldn't cave into because they have, they, have, they have experienced the sustaining power of God, but not the healing power of God. And God does not, yes, He does, He does want to sustain you, but He does not want you to just to set, to settle for the sustaining grace of God when He also has the healing grace of God. So I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, the Lord just kind of reminds me, He said, you know, Greg, I did write in the Word that Paul asked for that thorn to be taken away. And I said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, but you know what? I didn't say that to every request Paul made. Right? Remember how Paul's story really started outside of Stephen? He was what? Blinded. And God healed him. Paul was stoned to death. They they tried to kill him by throwing stones upon him. And to the point... The, the mob thought they'd succeeded, right? They thought it was dead. What did God do? He healed him. Or brought him back to life. Either way, that's a pretty big deal, right? 
And he began to function as if none of that stuff had happened to him. Another time, we don't know what happened in Ephesus, but he got into a, a, a fight with a wild beast. And he walked away. He, God healed him from that. We know he had relational difficulties with Barnabas and John Mark. But yet we know that God, the word tells us by the end of his life, those, those, those injuries had been reconciled. I'm just telling you that the same God that gives sustaining grace also gives healing grace. And he wants to give it to you. Some of us have been determined. I'm exhibit A. That God wants me to live the rest of my life like this. There may be some scars. See, I begin, to, I begin to, I know you don't do this with God, but I begin to say, yeah, but see, God, these holes, they allow your grace to flow out of me and touch people along the way. That if I didn't have the holes, if I didn't have the scars, if I didn't have the wounds, then your grace may not have spilled out and touched those people. You know what? That might be true a little bit. He, you know, he let Jacob keep walking with a limp for a little while. Actually, for the rest of his life. He, there may be certain scars God uses and certain injuries God lets you to keep. He let Paul keep how many thorns? Say it out loud. One. How many injuries did Paul receive in his ministry? I don't know. But he let him keep one. See, Ezekiel says in verse number 36, I'm sorry, 26 of chapter 36, it says, Moreover, I'll give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit within you, and I'll remove the heart of stone. See, I've got good news for you this morning. I didn't leave for five weeks in order for God to heal my broken heart or the brokenness in my life. The minute I was still, and all this happened within five minutes. I know it's taken me 30 minutes to get it to you, and I apologize, but within five minutes, the Lord showed me, listen, this is who you are, but that's not who you're supposed to be. This, this is who you're supposed to be. That you can contain all the grace of God and pour it out exactly where I want you to pour it out upon. But you can't, you can't disperse the grace of God to the places he's called you to go if you lose it along the way. Does that make sense? And so just right there in that coffee shop, I said, God, if, if, you, can really, if you can really do what you're telling me you can do, then I need it and I want it. And in that moment... Not five weeks later, not on a beach in Gulf Shores. In that moment, I just felt the healing of God coming to my life. And the Lord told me, Greg, if you'll let me do this in you, I'll use you to do it in others. It has nothing to do with me. It's the heartbeat of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, make it if you want to come. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Jeremiah 31 says, For I will refresh your weary soul and replenish all those who are weak. I want to ask you by your heads this morning.
I just want to close by telling you God has healing grace for you. He has filling grace for you. And he has sustaining grace for you. If your bucket's empty this morning, he can fill you. If your spiritual bucket is shot to pieces today, he can sustain you. But I also want you to know that God who can sustain you can also heal you. And some of you have been carrying around injuries that God wants to heal. That's what the Lord showed me. Greg, you've been carrying injuries that I'd really love to just heal if you'd let me. But I kind of I've kind of fallen in love with them. And in some ways, I'd gotten a little bit of pride wrapped around them. Look what I look what I made it through. Not knowing that God wanted to take the sting out of the injuries of my past. And so today, today I just want to pray. I don't have a big deal except for this. I just want to pray. If you say, Pastor, you know what? If you're in one of those three places, I need my bucket filled. Or I feel like I feel like I'm the guy. I'm that busted bucket too. I just need God to sustain me, but also need God to heal me. If you fit in any of those three categories, would you just stand with me all across this room? I just want to ask you to stand right now and just come to the front. And I just want to pray for you this morning that God would fill our empty hearts and that God would heal our hurt hearts and God would sustain us through every season of life. He's got filling grace. He's got sustaining grace. And he's got healing grace. And it's not just for other people. It's for you. It's for you. He can heal your injured heart. He can fill your empty heart. He can sustain you on the road that you don't think you can make it through. God can do that today. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day and God bless.